Hello and welcome to the morning meeting, building John Boy Media. My name is Jimmy. His name is Maddie. We have a special guest on this episode, the COO of John Boy Media, to talk about podcast convention and just uh, her history with us and some fun stuff. Before that, uh, I want to say hi to Maddie. How are you? Good. I uh, I lost my five Minesweeper games on the train today, so I'm not that good, but fine. Wow. Oh, all five. Did you have any visible upset reaction and someone was like, "What? Ha- are you okay? I make sure to have visible reactions just in case the person next to me is watching because I want them to know that I unexpectedly lost. Yeah. Not that in- I'm a loser. You know, just... You're invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good to know. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you watch it a bunch, you could subscribe. That helps. You can also leave comments on the YouTube channel and we've been going through those and asking them... Uh, answering them or asking them to guess. So thank you for doing that as well. We have um, today, we have a big all hands meeting. um, Our first one in a little bit and some changes will be happening with the company. Not, not big ones, but like internally, just kind of like mindset changes or kind of this and that, which will, we can share on the show as we go afterwards, try to tell the company before I tell the public and stuff like that. And again, when you do hint and say words like that, people start thinking, oh, changes, and they start thinking like big shit, but it's it's not, um, so don't do that. It's going to be boring. Well, not boring if you like behind-the-scenes business conversations, but it's nothing like crazy. Uh, and then this, this week, Thursday and Friday of this week, so the 31st, we are running our full broadcast test of live streaming a two-hour blitzball show in the warehouse. So the first time that we will be playing a tournament live, no post-edit at all. It'll be, uh, so it starts September 7th, and there's opening ceremonies and then three games. So we're running that on Thursday, tomorrow, and all the problems and kinks we run into, we're going to write them down and come back Friday and run it again in the morning. Um, Yeah. I have us doing four games on Thursday. They're one inning. And the third and the fourth will be on a time limit, like 25 minutes. If it's not over, we're not going like crazy extra innings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, then three on Friday. And I'm excited. It's it's a lot of hard work. And we'll see. Like the, I'm excited to see the audience reaction because it's a couple things. One, doing a live league like this allows us to do the playoffs in front of a live audience because there's no gap, right? There's no post edit. They're just done. And you can be in the moment following along every Thursday. There's going to be three games. Then the next Thursday, the 14th, there's going to be four games. Then the next Thursday, the 21st can be three games and the playoffs live at Billy's bar in the Bronx live audience. But by doing it live, there will be some quality lost. Like our, our post edit is fine tuned, really fine tuned when we do the Blitzwell battle or any of the franchise, the floorball coming out soon. And we just won't have that. And there's certain camera angles that we use that we that won't be there. So like I've we've already eliminated two camera angles that we use for Blitzball, but we only use them in a re in, when we get to edit after the fact. And like, oh he hits this ball to right field. So switch and let's use this camera. But in live Ronnie can't know if he's hitting it to right or hitting it to left. And 
we don't have like a giant baseball field where you get a little bit of breathing room to figure it out, then switch. Like it's instant. So you just have to go to the one shot that has the whole field every time. So there are some limitations. Same with uh, replays. We'll just be a quad box of four different angles. And we're going to do a score bug graphic so you could follow along, but there won't be like batting average and all these other graphics coming on screen. So I hope our audience that tunes in for the live streams understands the give and take there. And then I hope we get people to come watch October 1st. Yep. Sunday, October 1st. Mm -hmm. The best parent kid Sunday you can have if you have teenagers. Like, or tweens. Or tweens. Bond with your kids. Come watch some grown men play Blitzball. <laughs> I like these guys for his podcast. Like, all right, there's some We Got Ice fans out there who have dads who are breakdown or mm. talking Yanks fans. We're talking yeah. baseball fans. Yeah. You know, dad listens to talking baseball. Kids watch We Got Ice. Yeah. Hey, let's hang out. It's kind of like you. Yeah. James, James likes We Got Ice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I like talking baseball. I like We Got Ice too. They both can have crossover, but it is cool. So um, I don't know. I'm excited about that test tomorrow. Yesterday I was racking my brain making the schedule, and it's a lot of work. Mostly because our broadcast crew. They've done it. They've live switched games. I feel like they know it. There's a, a little more seating and a little more. Um, there's a little different of a layout and all that. But it's the fill in between games we've never done. While the other team's like five minutes warming up, let's fill this with conversations and, and uh, topics and who's going to be on mic and all that. And then the biggest element is we are rotating the commentary booth. So it's the players will do it. So like when Jake's not playing, he's going to do play-by-play. -play. When Jake's playing, Kenobio's going to do play-by-play. And, you know, I'll do some games as color commentary. Zoe will do some games. Doyle will do some games. So when I was building the practice schedule, I was like, okay, we got to practice the actual Phil. switching and coverage and, yep. um, and test the internet to make sure it can hold up. But we also need to get everyone some practice doing play-by-play -play and, and knowing where do you find the stats from? Where do you find the reads from? So that's what I realized yesterday. I was building a schedule. Like, oh, this is a little more like. I was first. I was like, we'll do like one game of play because we know how to cover that. We know the play, and I was like, oh no, never mind. I want everyone to practice. Yeah, the the fill. That's when when I was on the morning show of high school, mm -hmm. the teacher would tell us before like the years went live. At the very beginning, we did like practice session of you have to fill airtime because the cameras broke and like you, you would sit there and you would just thrown an object and you, you and the co-host would just sit there and speak about an object for 10 minutes. It's improv. Mm -hmm. You ever seen when Moylan and uh, Paxson had to fill on like a zoom recording for like no. a post game show. It's pretty funny. They're like drawing pictures and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a segment. So good for them. I think that was like a rain delay fill. Mm. So we have a lot of that organized. We'll see. I'm not like over organized because I think we're going to run into issues and stuff. And I built a cool set that only Maddie likes. I think Sam doesn't like. Yeah. Neither is Jake, but Jake hasn't even seen. He just saw a picture of it. I like. You like it. Mm-hmm. Better than the other options we had. Better. I think when they see it with the... When they see it 
with the banner up and Paxton on one side and them in the middle and the announcer up there, they'll understand like, oh, this looks like a one cohesive set. Mm-hmm. Sam, what's your problem? Should we call her in? No. Maybe after this interview with my sister, Courtney, who's a COO of John Boy Media. Enjoy. Now we're, we're starting now. Okay. High court. Hi, Is this Jim. awkward for you? <laughs> a little bit. I guess you've, we've talked about you on morning, but we never, a lot of people probably have no idea that you're my sister. True. I'm your, I'm your brother. And you were the first like professional hire we ever had. And now you're COO. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you want to, do you have any filler info that you tell people from that journey? That <laughs> I just sped up in three bullet points. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I think I tell people that I was involved before I was full, fully hired. So people are, how did you get started in the company? Like, how did you decide that you were going to come on board? And Brett and I were very interested and always rooting for you. And we would talk about business stuff and how to grow it. And I would give you advice on sales. So when I joined, it felt like we were making things official. But I was already so invested beforehand. Yes, because you and dad are salespeople. Yes. And I am not at all. I kind of don't like it. I like it more now that I understand it more. But I used to. You were working a job that you weren't enjoying that much at the time. And we had oh, a, totally. And we had a, a someone helping us with sales that wasn't in the media sales department, mm-hmm. and also was was happy to get enough that he got his their cut, which is fine. Like I'm not knocking it, but wasn't like trying to grow it. So I used to bring, hey, we just got this. What do you think to you? And you'd be like, yeah, I remember one time we were in like Connecticut Beach House, and you said, Jim, I could get you so much more. Yeah, that would kill me because I would believe you were, in yeah, it so much. Yes. And it was like my expertise. Like I invest, did it. And you had invested in it. Right. Yeah. And you were like, you could get, you should be getting so much more. And, and I was, was like, well, nothing against the work? guy that was working for you. No, not at all. Yeah. It just you were 10 years in the industry of media sales and knew how it went a little bit. And then I was like, well, come work. But you just yeah. taken the new job and moved mm-hmm. to New Jersey. And I was like, well, shit. I think I said, well, shit, court. Why didn't you tell me this two months ago? I would have said, come work for me. Yeah. And then it got to the point where you really didn't like that other job. So it was like, all right, we'll come work here. Yeah. And I always tell people that it's a, it's still new for us too. I know we've been working together for almost three years, but a family, we didn't grow up having a family business. So people are like, wow, you work with your brothers. And that was never a vision of mine when I was early on in my career. Like we didn't have a family restaurant. Some families are in real estate. So you could just naturally see yourself working oh, yeah. together. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I never envisioned this. It just kind of happened. Yeah, I never envisioned any of this. Yeah. Maybe you and dad working together at some point. Are you working for dad? Like when you were like out of college, like working for him, but I didn't envision this. And then the other thing that I, cause dad's listening to this, obviously, when we were trying to figure- <laughs> Hi dad. Oh. Hi dad, when we were trying to figure out if you would come, if you wanted to, if I wanted to, and we were going to mom and dad probably separately to yeah. be like, what do you think? Does he want, does he want me to work there? And I'd be like, what do you think? Would she say yes? Like, what do you want? 
I don't know if dad did this and he was just kind of read you wrong or he was setting me up to have a better conversation, but he was like, Jim, you should offer her just like a one year thing so she can transition out of this job. And if she doesn't like it, new job. And I was like, okay, I don't like whatever. I just need help. So help her now. And then I said that to you and you said, no, if I am in, I want to be in for the full thing. And I was like, yeah, okay. Well, the fucking dad yeah. told me that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want a one-year job. I don't want to be half in, half out. Yeah, I was uh, like, well, okay. I was like, wow, uh, dad but, set me up to come in soft and not like scare you. Yeah, but. it's funny because we are very direct, but a lot of things get done in our family through someone else. So we were each going to mom and dad saying, do you think this the yeah. other person really wants it? Because you know the conversation has happened. So it's like, hey, what's their vibe? Yeah. <laughs> And then you came in and what you did in the first two, in the first year was in like crazy. Like you basically did what you were like, I could get you so much more. Yeah. And then our direct sales went through the roof and we got DraftKings deals. Cause I believe the way they were doing DraftKings deals was like, just like uh, bundling a couple things at a time. Mm-hmm. And you came in and said, you worked on a wholesale three year deal. Yeah. Two year deal. Which was able to change like the projection of the company and then the uh, investment of from going and growing it and projecting revenue like well we six x the company the first year you were with us something like that yeah something like that it was crazy and then you were sales building a sales team around you forever and i even our employees might not know because i remember hearing when you went on girls and co hearing taylor jackson uh, interview you and be like, so what, how did you become COO? Yeah. Like that was so crazy. What a ride. And, and when I sent the select to the company announcing the new roles, I didn't, I didn't realize there would be that. I didn't realize how much people didn't know about how involved you were. Outside bef- of sales. Yes. Before that. Yeah. Like, and Luke said that to me once he was like, I feel, I just like I feel bad for Courtney because people don't know. They just think she's the head of the sales team. She, they don't know she's in every conversation with you mm-hmm. on every aspect of the company and and the she, like in with you and Jake. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think that's because like true. for me, you were like, you want to be COO, and I was like, yeah, you're already like, yeah, doing that, <laughs> right? And I'm, I want to focus on content because I'm stressed out to the point where I'm getting diseases and shit oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i think that's true i think some people knew how involved i was and others thought i was more in the lane of just sales and you didn't have that perception sometimes you're like well you're like second in charge like go tell them you know go figure it out go do it go get it done and you didn't feel empowered to go talk to anyone outside your department Mm mm-hmm which i get i get now and i katie my wife opened my eyes because you were texting me about it and i was like and I, I guess you had talked to her. Same yeah, this thing. is so funny. Same thing about it. And I was like, she's she wants she has to be CEO. I said yes. Katie's like, it's kind of a big deal. She's like really scared to ask or like not scared, but like yeah. it was like a big conversation for right. her. On my end, I was like, yeah, duh, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I did talk to Katie before. Like for me, it was just like, and Katie really wanted me to do it because she yeah. was like, Jimmy's like needs to share some of the responsibilities and the pressure and. She was excited to kind of for us to work as a team that way. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it, but this year's been we're in a little bit of a stressful because of the media situation. Last year was the worst year ever. You think so? Last year was worse. When I was burdening all of it 
kind of feeling it by myself. Yeah, that's true. Situation with um, yeah, leadership. True. Yeah. And while you were on pater- uh, maternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. I developed whatever fucking disease I have now and, <laughs> and stress-related <laughs> and like, Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, well, this is a little much, but I wrote, I, I had to tell the board to like make them believe me. I was like, look at my text with Jake over the last couple of months. And it was like me texting Jake, like, I think I'm very worried that I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah. And it was like a very serious. And that's when the board stepped in and was like, okay, like, sorry. But that's what I told, like last year, three times I told Katie, I said, I'm very worried. I'm going to be like one of those young 30 year olds that has a yeah. heart attack. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to carry the weight by yourself but i think we're in a much better place now much better and we had to get through kind of the last three months which were a battle and you see it across the whole industry of all these media companies doing layoffs and firing and trying to get Mm -hmm. a break even and get equal and you just went to the podcast conference what's it called what's podcast movement and you talked to a lot of other companies and yeah is your first time getting a gauge on like us versus other companies in the space Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a huge conference. It was the biggest podcast conference in the country. There's people there across the entire industry. So there's media companies like us. There is agencies that buy podcast advertising. There's measurement companies which measure the effectiveness of ads. And then there's actually like individual podcasters there, like creators. So it's a very mixed bag. It's like winter meetings. Yes. Or probably any convention for an industry. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome for networking, though. For, for me, it's really going there to network with our partners and agency partners and platforms like Spotify's there. And then also to learn from other media companies that are in similar situations. So I think that was one of the biggest takeaways for me is I talked to heads of sales or heads of CEOs of other media companies, which are similar size to us employee count wise and then also audience wise and i see how they're doing things and you can kind of like learn and share insights from them and then like stack ourselves up i think overall the perception of our brand is really really good right now so we have this brand recognition that when you know us you know what we're all about you love us people were wearing our merch people like stopped me in the hallways just to say i love what you're building i love what you're doing so that part of it was awesome that people were hunting us down not the other way around yeah and that's it's funny because i i we feel that as creators. So like when yeah. Jolly does his video on the street and people notice him, when we got to go to Little League World Series and they notice him, Jake and I go to Yankee Stadium and we can't really like move from our seats. Otherwise we have to, we say hi to people and it's very like, you see the tangible network. Mm-hmm. I guess the sales team doesn't really get that experience often unless they're like, you know, with us at an event. But this was in your world, them people doing that so yeah but that's eye-opening the first time it happens that is very not normal for the sales team usually i i sold in the past like advertising technology it's not exciting you don't have a direct relationship with the consumer 
and people people would run away from salespeople at these conferences. <laughs> you don't want to engage with them, right? Kind of like how you felt at winter meetings sometimes. Yeah, sales conference actually is crazy because at winter meetings, like there's guys that don't leave our booth and they're trying to sell us stuff. And yeah. We're like, Dude, get out of here. Right. But the sales conferences, only that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of people annoying each other. Exactly. So to have uh, it the other way around is so inspiring to yeah. to be on the sales side or the business side of the house. Yeah. One of the harder things from going from being like a small time creator where it's just me and Jake and our shows and not needing that much revenue, right? Just, you know, if we want to be a lifestyle brand, which a lot of people are, is you can live off inbound requests. But the fact that, and that's the first year, what you did basically, and your team was all inbound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as we grow and take on uh, capital and try to expand, the pivot to going and getting outside, like not inbound, but outbound ads has to be, that's a, the biggest challenge we're facing kind of right now. So this podcast network is a step in the right direction of just networking and meeting. Yeah. Is that good yeah, to totally. I think that the majority of it before when we first got started was inbound leads. We still did those outbound leads and created really successful successful partnerships. Like the Shady Rays one was an yeah. outbound. And now we have to find there are so many brands out there that want to target the community that we have. We fit within their target demo, but the people at these brands or agencies that are buying the media aren't always going to know us. So we can't just rely on inbound leads anymore. Yeah. We have to create these outbound relationships. So you're a LinkedIn star now, that's why. Did you hear LinkedIn? Elon's going to make a LinkedIn, new LinkedIn to no. rival LinkedIn. Do you know I'm a LinkedIn star now? Well, I know you're just as active as ever on LinkedIn. I am. I feel the pressure of being a content creator yeah. now. I have to. Have you, uh, have you networked with Jess? Jake's yes, Jess. Jess held me. She's, she's legitimately like a LinkedIn star. I, she's inspired me. Yeah. But you know what I was thinking today? She's gone viral on LinkedIn. Because I have bunch. to put myself out there on LinkedIn, which is nerve wracking for me. Yes. I was like, LinkedIn is so nice though. Like I would, is I it? don't, oh yeah. You don't get like trolls, like Twitter, people uh, being yeah, mean. Professional. It's professional. It's your network. Yeah. So people are commenting, they're liking, like if they don't like something, they just won't comment. I'm like, I wish Twitter was more like this. Yeah, Twitter's bad. But our YouTube comments, majority of the time, are very, very nice, yeah. nice deal. Oh, and, yeah. and I spend other, a lot of time And, and Twitter as well, if you just ignore some per, some people. <laughs> I'm just... Yeah. Weird. If you just don't read 70% of it, yeah, then it's nice. If you only... If, like, I have tricked my brain, which I'm so grateful because I struggled this for so long to not read uh, tweets from um, accounts that don't have a human face on it. Mm. Like, I have... I have built that filter into my head where I'll just scroll past it. And if I see a face, then I'll read it. And it's a much better experience. Yeah, I should, I should take that. But I've been too busy to even read comments. I don't, I used to spend a lot of time there. Dad does it all for me now. <laughs> I see dad in the comments every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dad, you know you're arguing with a 12 year old, right? Stop. You saw that kid on the street. <laughs> yeah. He's 12. His best comment ever is on Wordle. And he called Steve out. That's so funny. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he doesn't like cheaters. No. The Wordle was... If we kept that going, Office would have got, got, some, got hostile. It was getting oh, heated. Yeah. It, was yeah, getting it was getting heated. heated. Yeah, people <laughs> would have opened podcasts trash-talking other people. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was hostile. Uh, all right, so we have some questions here. Mm-hmm. Well, this is easy. What was the biggest goal for 2024 in your eyes as COO? Think what we're talking about earlier, building brand awareness. I think growing our audience from the consumer side, but also from the business side and getting more people familiar with our brand that don't always consume our content like our diehard fans. And then I think I could say this here, but we want to build a website. Have you said this here? I've talked about that for uh, like ever. Okay. But like now it's so yeah, that's like, like a real we're not goal. even an actual step closer, but we're just like, hey, let's actually do this. Yes. But we haven't done any tangible steps yes, yet. But, but I that's want to. like my focus for the back half of this year is scoping that out. What is it going to entail? How long does it take? What do the finances look like? So. Yeah. We'll see that come to life next year. Because there's media companies out there that don't have the audience we have, don't have the retention we have, the engagement we have, don't have the pull we have, but make probably not as much as us, but near uh, make a sizable amount of money on just website traffic. Yep. And then it's just like really crazy. passive income for them. They don't yeah. have to do much. Some Some companies get started because they have tech and an engineer, and other companies get started because they have engagement and audience. And we are still like, I think we're too deep to have not tackled the other half. The tech. Our half is way harder to do. Oh, yeah. To have to be engaging content and pull an audience that really enjoys you and wants to follow you and roots for you is the the hardest thing in the world. Like, we're very blessed to have that. It's like, okay, well, now let's do go make that money that you just make because, you know, fucking algorithms. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. But that really help us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big goal. I think the combination of the two as well is going to really help accelerate growth for, for us next year. And on the business side or the sales side, it's taking all the content that we know we're going to do that we know has already won and, and organizing it in a scheduled fashion. So the sales team can get ahead of it and marketing can get ahead of it and all of that. Oh yeah. Goals for next year. Just like yeah. planning out the whole programming calendar, having yeah. things locked in in advance. I think that all stems from like the warehouse. I have the whole year for 2024. Yeah. Out. I think we did a good job of that this year in the in the beginning, and then we kind of just let things get ahead of ourselves and got back to the same place. Yeah, well, for the warehouse specifically, we are not allowing anyone to dictate the schedule besides like Rose and Trev. Yeah, that was hard. And we had too many people think like, oh, I can't make that day, so then we change, I can't make that day. And, and it, Maybe it wasn't to the point where I felt empowered now, but now it's to the point where like, hey, this is a huge way to grow your brand and put you out there. And it's a 30 person effort. This is the date. Yeah. That's the most important thing on your calendar. If a wedding pops up, you have to do this thing. That's like how I feel like you should feel about it. Yeah. Like a baseball player not missing a game. Mm-hmm. or anything like that because this is the number one thing in your calendar so we're trying to get the dates out earlier but that should help Cause, yeah because last year we had to move so many dates to accommodate all the people and it's like well we accommodate rose and trev and that's it and jake yeah yeah that's all now so it should be easy but on the other side of content it's to just keep going more like the scheduled out part is what we know we already have and then we need all the creators to like Yep. Keep going, building more. I'm talking about this for everyone. I feel like we lost our hunger a little bit this year on the creatives front. Yeah, I think that goes across all teams. I think all teams have seen it, that we need to step into gear a little bit more. Yeah. Um, favorite behind-the-scenes John Boy Media story? Oh, I was excited about this one. You were? Yeah. So my favorite 
story behind the scenes was April opening day 2021. Yes, opening day 2020. Opening day 2021. It was, yeah. Okay. It was still kind of pandemic-y. I get like blurred and where we were in the pandemic life. Well, yeah, it was because it was actually pre-vaccine. May. It wasn't even April though. Ooh. Yeah, April first. It was April first. Mm. Yeah, no. I think it was. I thought they got it. Got pushed. But that was 2022. That got pushed. 2022 yeah, got pushed a week. Yeah, I think it was April 1st. Okay, so maybe it, but it was just no fans? No fans. I mean... Yeah, I have the picture. <laughs> at that point, <laughs> it was like pre-vaccine. So I was on board. I came on board December. So that's when I really started. I came on board December 2020. And my favorite behind-the-scenes moment was opening day 2021 because I was really into the groove of things by then. I had three full months to get sales in, get a structure going, get a process in place. There was so much excitement within the company during for opening day and there's mm-hmm. there still is now. And I remember I went over to mom's house and I worked from the living room and we had all the games on and my mom mom made <laughs> hot dogs and sauerkraut Mm. and she had like i was decked out and talking yanks gear we got budweiser came on board and they did some social media activations with us i was really proud to get budweiser Mm -hmm. in brett my husband who's also invested was in full talking yanks gear he went out to the store got budweiser's to celebrate we were drinking (laughs) (laughs) and then (laughs) it was the first time i really experienced how there is really not no barriers between our content, what we are building in our community and then also our partners. So watching the live stream and seeing how active the chat was and how you guys were engaging so much with the chat and that camaraderie. And then also we had sponsors. We had three sponsors and I can't remember three, but I remember it was Foco and I remember it was Manscaped. And then it was one more. I don't know if it was dugout mugs. And there was a rain delay or some some game got postponed. So we were trying to figure out like which stream should we do? What are the advertisers gonna want and want more? And we, we it was just like, we're all like really working together to make it happen. And there was a lot of excitement. And then for the first time I experienced you all doing a live ad read on a live stream and a client texting me in the moment how they like the ad and giving oh, feedback cool. and it was positive and i was like wow i'm so close to this like this is so intimate of an experience yeah that it, it was so different than anything else i've worked on before that's always a real hard reminder that i, I try to remind the creators decently a lot and, and myself is like the person who sold this is watching yeah that's like and so much pressure kind of, it's kind of pressure and we do well, like we did well before I realized that, but that might've been the first time I'm like, oh, wow. You think soulless company just bought this ad, right? you know, and they buy a million ads, but there's one guy that like chose us and has sold it and then right. he's watching. And well, he's and like, at that time it was our fans were buying ads from us, like, mm-hmm. like you just talked about, right? So they were naturally watching the content anyway. And that's kind of why we got the advertising yeah. by. So they were really tuned in and listening. 
We did a three-hour stream that day, and Trev was in town. I'm looking at the stats of it now. So Trev came out for that. That's cool. Yeah. Four-hour stream almost. Yeah, he's lost in extras. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have someone in the comments wrote questions for you, and then I wanted to tell you one thing as well. We're, who this? We kind of talked a little bit about these, but questions from Dave SP. One was biggest thing you learned from the podcast convention. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did you cover that already? Or Oh, Dave SP is from uh, Australia or London or somewhere else because he spells favorite with a U. So this yeah, is an international question. The iPhone question. also autocorrects that way for me. So That's because you live in Australia. Yeah. You still spell it that way. <laughs> uh, biggest thing I learned. I think the in the industry, a lot of people are talking about programmatic audio reads, like those dynamic and dynamically inserted reads and the preference is still the host read baked in live mm. reads and the quality that you get from them the user the experience for the listener and then also they just perform way better for brands so i kind of already knew that but like that really doubled down for me that that is like the number one advertising mechanism for you think the industry is going to go back to those because it kind of pivoted yeah. all to these inserted dynamic where you're listening no, to No, like I think a you're going to see it swing the other way a little bit. And people know that the experience all around is just is just way better. I think the, the biggest learning for me and kind of a challenge we have in the industry is to be, I think you're not really just a podcaster isn't just, you know, a podcaster anymore. You are... A personality and you come to life on a podcast or you come to life on social media you come to life a video on YouTube and I think the space used to be more fragmented where you're either an influencer and you just live on social you were a podcaster and you did that or you were a youtuber yeah and they set up the industry to buy in these silos so they'll have one agency that just buys influencer campaigns mm. and then they'll have one agency that just buys yeah podcasting and that doesn't really work anymore. Yeah, because we can offer you a package of all of it. Right, and that's how we deliver the best partnerships is when you come in for everything holistically. And our clients, our most premier partnerships, we're working directly with the client that is really into buying us 360 across all these different avenues. So I think there needs to be a little bit shake up with the industry as you can't just be so siloed because it's all kind of blended together now. And on their end, they have different departments. So they almost fight with each other over. Yes. Over it. Like, no, we're going to get podcasts from them. And then they like some places have divvied out their budget that way. Oh, totally. Like, oh, we have this much for podcasts, so we'll buy the reads here. And like, okay, well, we can give you, you know, the reads on Talking Yanks, but also there's going to be a Talking Yanks live stream. And also we can post on socials um, clips of this. And they're like, oh, no, this is just podcast budget. So we're on. So then it's like, well, like, yeah, okay, we'll do that for you. But we can really give you right. a fucking a lot more. Right. It's like the red tape of it all. That's my biggest kind of problem. Kind of hinders performance. And my biggest problem or gripe with the, 
industry is that they won't allow us to help them in the way that we want them to or the the way that we know it will like they want this and i'm like okay well you want views right or you want new users right i can tell you 100 the best way for that i can get our audience to get new users or new viewers or purchasers for you and it's by doing this and they're like well no we only want this and i'm like well then like you can't go to a burger shop just order the fries and leave a review on the burger. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. You can't say what's the best way you know how to influence someone and then when we have an idea say, no, we don't, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, not even an idea, but like, <laughs> like, a, pl- like a multi-platform approach. Right. You're like, we're gonna do this, this yeah. day, and then this, this day. Like, I know how to build like the storylines that our audience likes or how to make it part of the content so it's fun. And sometimes they just, they don't have the full vision. Yeah. Not all. we've obviously found certain brands oh, that yeah. like are awesome and I always go as above and beyond for them because that's so important. But yeah. All right. Personal favorite podcast. That's also from Dave on the YouTube. Oh Dave. Uh so I flip 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 back and forth between business podcasts and then reality show podcasts. So I've been listening to Guy Raz. He he had the How I Built This, but he has another one called Wisdom from the Top and it's about executives coming into like major corporations and leading and like he did i think paypal was the last one so i've been loving that on the business side i listen to a bunch of how i built this i like that a lot i like him yeah i yeah. i love all of his podcasts you have a question yes opening day 2021 live stream foco manscaped hat flags oh hat flags i forgot about that mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah that was fun um did you know that you're, you and your team won Employee of the Week? Really? Yeah. Nice. Do you want to see? Congrats. It only took almost three years. <laughs> um, maybe. And, and it's a group. It's a group um, it's a yeah. award. It's a group yeah. one. Do you want to see? You won one-tenth of the award. Okay, great. Uh, no, no, no. Just the four of them. Uh, one-fourth. I'll show you. Uh it's the employee of the, of the week. week. It's the employee of the week. I think it's employees. Employees of the week. Boring. Our sales team, they went to Colorado, Colorado for the podcast conference and they like hosted their own happy hour and they made connections and they're like, we had so much fun. We they did bonded. some like nose to the grindstone yeah. stuff. A little nose little. to the grindstone. <laughs> We're going to set up a table and we'll be down there and why don't you we come did. by? You're going to stick it. You're going to stick it and you're going to stick it. You should show up every day with your resume and there's more stickers we did this <laughs> that's so true yeah. and shout out to Alethea because there was this couple having dinner at the we did this like we set up our own happy hour and we invited I don't know 50 people send them calendar invites and we scouted this place out in the restaurant where we wanted to have the happy hour but there was a couple having dinner there so I was like we need to make the move like we need this spot mm. so cough, cough on their food no, I was like, we could buy their dinner if they move. That was my oh. thing. <laughs> and then I got a little nervous, but Alethea is like, no, I'm going to do it. We need the spot. So she went up and interrupted this couple's dinner and kindly asked them to move. And they were totally on board with it. Well, they got their dinner paid for? Yep. And then we paid nice. for their dinner. So awesome. it's a win-win. Did you give them some JM swag? Oh, yeah. We offered them stickers. Oh, nice. Yeah. I recently watched a video of a guy who said that when he's at sporting events, and there's a long line for beer. He just goes all the way to the front and says that ginger guy oh is was andrew santino i think that's his name 
Yeah, yeah. And he said, he goes all the way to the front and he just goes, uh, hands money. He goes, I got yours if you order three more. Yeah, I mean, that works. I would I hate mean, it. I hate lines. I know. I, I would might, do that. That's I a win-win. Hate, yeah, that's such a <laughs> smart move. Cool. All right. Thanks cool. for joining us. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. guys. You did two podcasts this year and you're only supposed to do one, so. Yeah. What are you supposed to do one? All right, that was Courtney Hirsch. Not Courtney O'Brien. She got married, changed her name. One of the, uh, one of our like leaders retreats last year, our uh, former CEO, Andrew, asked Courtney and I like, so how much, how much, how often do you guys talk? Because we're brother and sister, we live close, we're a very close family. And Courtney and I just looked at each other and we're like, always? Mm. I don't think we're ever not in a texting conversation. Like it would be like, you know, a couple hours where we're not like texting. I was like, we were just like, like always, yeah. Like we're in our family group chat, we're in this chat, we're in a chat with both of our significant others about kids' playdates. So mm. And he was just like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, constant. Do you start the conversation with, hey, or is it just a everlasting? No. We're not going to start yeah, this Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no starting and stopping. Uh, that'd be interesting. The last convo, I just sent her screenshots. That's how that one started. Um, no, hey. She, she texted, blank, reached out again. Do you want to chat with him? So no, like, hey. I said, are you traveling today and tomorrow? <laughs> no, just constant. But yeah, it's a good thing. It's been fun. We have questions from the chat. Maddie's going to, uh, from the comment, YouTube comment, and we're going to speed round answer these. Yep. Speed round answer your YouTube comments. Thank you for leaving them, Maddie. Uh, you can take the floor. All right. Ready? Ready. Have you thought it that led? asked have you thought about adding drafts back to the rotation of what you're doing now geoguesser watching ranking drafting oh like john boy jake radio drafts um i thought about it i don't know i think that they could fill a spot in playing but i thought they got to a really 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 lazy point in content down the stretch in jjr and i didn't enjoy that so We'd have to, I thought they were really good at the beginning. And then I thought just due to busyness and, and, and somewhat topic, like when we were just doing alphabet, I was like, this stinks. Like, this is, this is lazy. Uh, so, but if we had like a Joe's Doyle, Zoe, Jolly, Paxton third, Kenobio, like that would be fun. Cool. Uh, sports talk with Jordan asked two questions. One of them overlapped with the question. Wait, I didn't like the drafts because <laughs> the whole point of them was to draft picks and then shit on each other's picks and like joke around. And then we would do that. And then the comment section would, and like our nice comments are like, Jimmy ruins these drafts. He's always like grouchy. And I'm like, what's, that's the point right. of the thing is to shit on each other's picks. Yeah. You want to win. Yeah. You're like politicking away. So then I was like, I don't think what I want these to be and what the audience accepts them as is the same thing so i don't like this sports talk with jordan also asked the same question as michael cahill they said what happened to the football show with rose and cj uzama paying paying um talent is expensive and 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 making money off a show that doesn't go five times a week is tough or three times a week is tough so i just think you know you go forward with your best effort and you want everything to work. But when, but when there's 
you know, agents and price points involved, it it's tough for it to be sustainable. Yeah, other football content coming soon to fill that. Yeah, void. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lean into football. Um, same Jordan asked another question: What if you were never kicked out of the alley? Would there have been a warehouse? Yes, because we were leaving that office space anyway. When we left the office space to move to Manhattan, that was happening no matter what. So we would have been done with the alley. I also thought that the alley wouldn't last that long anyway. Like I, when we got to a point where I was like, Jake, we should start taking this on the road and do other places because the life, the lifelong, lifeline, the lifespan, the lifespan of the two of us playing in the same alley it, as as long as long form YouTube videos is going to there's no that's not a long shelf life. Yeah. Um, speaking of the warehouse, Ben Meyer said, "Did you guys buy more of the warehouse in order to implement those new rooms?" Yes, we kind of had to because the loft isn't safe for as many people as we had up there. Nor did we have as much space up there in the lease as we were using. So the Landlord, who's an awesome guy, worked with us and was like, well, I have this space down here. You could use that and we can white box it for you. So if the loft was super stable, it's not good timing for us to have to buy more of the warehouse as a company financially, but we had to do it because the loft was unstable and we also didn't own that full space. So we still will have the loft for the announcers to stand up there, but we really only own like, we only put like four people up there at a time. So... I wanted to buy more space. I want to buy like the other half of the warehouse, which is a bummer because someone just bought it for 15 years. So we'd have to like buy them out. Ah, uh, shoot. Yeah, the carpet, the cabinet people. 15 but, uh, years? I think, well, 10 year contracts are usually what you do. Ugh. So we'd have to, it'd have to be so much more successful. But yeah, uh, we did get more space. Yep. Um, and there's also a ton of warehouses right there, if not that exact building that like, if we wanted to expand. There's right there options. Yeah, I do love. I've I've fallen in love with the visuals of this place. Inside, like the the blue and the, oh yeah, the aesthetic of it. If anything, I'd want to. I also want to find and way down the line, find a way to replicate the warehouse walls and stuff in a in a easy to assemble way, and then you could go to any gymnasium or convention center in in the country and kind of plop down your your set yeah. and play. Because if we just played Blitzball without walls and without ceilings, we're just, uh, it's just Blitzball. But what makes ours so fun is the fucking pinball effect. Yep. Um, uh, Stoltz, Stoltzis Mangus asked, uh, could you speak to the speech impediment that you had when you were younger? Just curious what or who helped you? At what age did you see significant improvement? And if it ever manifests itself today? Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've heard you speak about it briefly on previous content. would love to get a better picture of those struggles transitioning to becoming a public figure who is speaking to a huge audience on a daily basis. Good question. Uh, yeah, I had a roticism, it's called. So it's when, you know, you can say uh, twain twack and whalewode and, and uh, you can't say your arse. It's a roticism. Uh, I had a lazy tongue, but speech impediments, speech impairments run in my family. My grandpa stuttered. I have uncles who stutter and stammer. I have cousins. It's, it's, I don't know if it's technically hereditary, but it, runs in my family so like i've told katie we have to be on the lookout for james because you have to just tackle it quick so in 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 kin in kindergarten in kindergarten or first grade i think kindergarten i went to a catholic school i would get pulled out of class and there was a trailer on the school grounds where the speech therapist was and there was like four kids in there who had s's or lisps and i had a roticism thought I was better than them because S I got further down the alphabet Q R S or no, I didn't No, They all thought they, they were did. better than you, whatever. I was the only one that had that. So how I, you, I just had to build up uh, tongue strength. I would literally have to go home. And my homework was as a six or seven year old boy was to sit at the table and with my parents watching, make a bowl out of my tongue. Uh-huh. All ridges. You can't just do the tip. Got to do the sides too. I can't see yours. It's up. Yeah, yeah. But you're way, way up. And then my dad would hold a popsicle stick in my mouth, and I'd have to press against it. Kind of like when you get a physical, and they're like they hold your arm and they go push against my arm. There you go. Perfect ball. Couldn't do that. Uh, and uh, that's what I had to do. And then our interesting. I had to go when I was in kindergarten, but it was very brief, and I forget what it was for. I only did it for one year, so and and I I think it it snapped out of it, but but I was a re- I I also would say all my J's as B's, so my aunts and uncles have stories of me saying like, oh my my neighbor's name was uh, Jeremy, and I would say Bormy, I'm going Bormy's house, uh, and I'd go, who I and then uh, the garage was the barrage. But the trouble you get is some people just think it's really cute yeah. and then they don't fix it and then it's really hard to fix later on in life. Right. So, yeah, you got to tackle it. Um, yeah, it was a roticism. But then I find talking now, we move so much that I, le- I voided myself of, of uh, accents. So when you're a new kid, I moved to Australia when I was eight and we had an American accent. Couldn't do much about that. But then we moved to Illinois and I thought, okay, I won't get comments about my accent anymore. But then it was, they would laugh all the time because I would say water. I would say tournament, which I still say. I would say um, uh, orange instead of orange. And it was it's just East Coast shit. Bagel? Yeah, bagel. But they say kiamnitri. Like I don't even know what the hell you just said. Kiritz. Ca- cabinets. Kiamnits. It's uh, all. I see now. But uh, so my sisters still have more accent than me because I was like so shy and didn't want to get picked on that I was just like fine fuck it and I already went to speech therapy I can change my how I talk so 
Nice. Makes sense. That probably helped me. It probably helped me talk all day mm. than hurt is what I'm saying because I know how to tackle it. Right. I also know how to not get stuck saying like the same phrase or the same word constantly where other people just fall into a trap of like their escape sentence. I don't think I do that. Uh, or I'm very aware of it. Like when we're doing shows and everyone is saying toxic every second, I'm like, guys, stop. Oh, yeah. It's sure. Too much. Sure. Or Jake always falls in love with a phrase, he says, you know, like half. Uh, I think that one was before we started doing stuff. Yeah, I haven't heard that one from um, him. He always has a phrase that's basically like a shrug, like half or a little bit of that, a little bit of this, or he always is dancing around one of those. And he yeah. says it for a while. Uh, the last question from the YouTube comments from last video, uh, Levy Moknen asked, if the Astros cheating scandal did not happen, do you think you would have grown to where you are today? Yeah. I, I heard you about, I heard about you first from that. Yeah. I mean, we already had our first investment. We already had Jake and I like were able to pay ourselves real salaries by that time. We moved to Manhattan and got an office space in the Bronx and had investors like the most valuable investor group that we still utilize to this day. And um, a lot of people first heard about us there, but a lot of people first heard about us from other videos and other shit happened that people first heard about us. So yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think that it helped us grow for sure. I'm not denying that, but the next thing and the next thing and the next thing in the baseball world we've tackled and we've people saw. So like if you didn't see us from the Astros, but you're into baseball news, then you, you would have just seen us from the next and the next and the next. Yeah. You know, like talking Yanks was well on its way. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I don't think that had anything to do with Boone coming on the show. And once you get a manager in the show, then like everyone in the world, baseball world's going to know you or Rose joining us, you know? Mm. So like, no, I don't think, I don't think we wouldn't be where we are today without it. It speed ramped that mm -hmm. year for sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Is that all of them? That's all those questions. Well, it's 932. You said that you needed to be out by 930. So I've kept you for two extra minutes and we apologize for that. We all do. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Leave comments for the next episode.